straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go Go ahead. I'm sorry. Butterbean, a 2009 Navy football from Orlando, Florida. Um, career in football and wrestling. You wrestled in high school, right? Yeah, I'd wrestle for a little bit, and then it was more weightlifting than anything. Weightlifting. Gotcha. You had the uh, third heaviest bench press on the team at 415. And see, that that's a misnomer, and I was always going to correct it. Um, well, what's the correct at least number? It, it was inaccurate because I was pushing well over 500. It was like 535. Oh, yeah. And then you remember I tore my pec? Do you remember that yeah, or no? I do. I do remember Yeah, that. man. So that was that were like. You, were you juicing? Were I was you 45 for four when it cracked. So it was gross. But. Were you juicing during that time or you were you good? No. No, I no? was just. That's natural. I mean, that was natural at the time. And then I was probably, what, 300? That was like my fattest point of my life. Remember when I was like 320 pounds? I'm like, yeah, you were big. Yeah, they were pushing for the biggest dudes on the team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's why I had to ask if you were, if you're actually, uh, if you had some extra special supplements or not. No, I mean, we had like the, what was that? Shit? Like creatine, protein, nothing crazy. But I, I've been lifting since I was like 12, probably. So, like, even through high school, you know, playing football, that was great. And then I transitioned to the weightlifting, Olympic lifting and bench press is kind of like you do a clean and jerk and then you do a bench in high school. Right. So I ended up winning state my senior year for that. So I naturally have just been a gym rat for a long time. So then just, you know, inherently from training all the time, I was just stronger. And I used to honestly, like when I was in high school, you know, football worked out and I'm glad it did, but I was trying to go to the Olympic training center um, to go to the Olympics for weightlifting. That was like my actual goal in life, but Gotcha. So you were a lifter. That was your thing. Lifting weights, getting big, building Trying muscle. To. Yeah. What was your best, uh, what was your best power clean? Remember that? Um, power clean? I don't I mean, power clean, squat clean. I think it was around like 430. 430? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I looked you up on uh, Google today. Oh, did and you? And I did. Yeah. Uh, and Navy football said your, your max was uh, 340. On, on mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, that. I was way above those numbers even in high school so that's what i said i know yeah. it, like it's in there and i i was like you know what i'll correct it but i was like you know what it doesn't even matter man those are just arbitrary <laughs> numbers and now i'd be i would be remiss if i could even hit 315 right now honestly well navy football got you at uh, 340 and i was at 330 so i was going to give you hell about that <laughs> so. yeah no it's good man long time awesome. ago body was fresh back then yeah, no doubt. Um, how's your brother Robbie? He's a Marine Corps guy. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. So what's he's, he doing uh, now? He's, he's a first sergeant down at Paris Island. So first sergeant uh, now. Goodness gracious. Yeah, man. What was he, he uh, when we were going through the school? He was a sergeant, right? Yeah, I think he had just got promoted to sergeant my freshman year. 
yeah, like freshman or sophomore year, I went home on leave and I ended up actually promoting him to sergeant, which was, which was cool. Um, awesome. Before I knew the whole Marine Corps thing. But yeah, so he's at Paris Island killing it right now. I'm trying to see if he's going to stick in for uh, sergeant major. So he should be on the board. Not next year, but 2024, um, which it kind of works out crazy. Like he could be a sergeant major at the same time I'm getting selected for lieutenant colonel slash battalion commander. And I was like, wouldn't that be some gangster shit if I was like me and him yeah. were sergeant major in BC, but I have yeah, it out the Marine Corps. Would, would there's probably got to be some sort of like, you know, um, rule. Conflict of against, interest or something. Exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> but how, here's, here's the fun part. The institutional process will probably deconflict you guys from ever working together but how yeah. badass would it be if you actually worked together that's what i was saying dude it would be phenomenal and the, you know yeah. robbie he's kind of one of my like steadfast dudes in my life and he has been you know since i was little he has no problem telling me like i'm like hey man i got a really good dumbass idea let's try to do this he'd be like you're an idiot <laughs> we're not fucking doing that but as long as it was hey. the same in front of the marines i think i'd be like okay good idea yeah yeah, you got to try all those ideas. Got to try them all. Trying to, but no, nah, he's doing good, man. Like I, I'm, you know, biggest fan probably for his, and just trying to convince him to stay in. Um, and just some of the things that he's been talking through, and you know, he wants to stay in. They just had their kid, their first kid, like two years ago. But he's like the culture of the Marine Corps has changed drastically in comparison to like when he first went in in like 2005. Um, yeah. To now, he's just like I don't recognize it, and it. It feels like a lot of people are in it for, not in it for the right reasons, I guess. And like, you know, Marines, senior enlisted leaders and officer types are not, they don't take, I guess, care of the Marines as they should. And it's like an institutional thing. I'm not saying it's just like him, the only one who knows this. I think a lot of us who are still in kind of see it too, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I just made kinda, a note of that. We'll come back to that to dig into it deeper. Cause I want to hear more about that one hmm. for sure. Um, how about your dad? How's your dad doing? Oof, not good, man. So he had not a good. triple. Well, he class. had a he he had a a first sergeant, you know, marine, and what are you now? You're a major. major? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like promoted faster than than peers, major. Uh, I got major? promoted to captain faster. Uh, well, I got didn't get, I got frocked early, so like, you know, you wear the rank but get the same amount of lieutenant pay, and then your your stress level and life just turns more chaotic. But uh, yeah. No, I mean, I guess I've been on track for the most part, you know, so hopefully around like the 16 years in, be Lieutenant Colonel, hopefully, you know, around the 20 mark, hit up that Colonel if it works out. Yeah. It's a game plan. Well, what I was getting at was your dad, how I remember your dad, he was pretty, he was pretty hard ass. Like he was hard on you. Yeah, man. You, you and your brother. Like he was like, <laughs> he was a, I don't want to say a slave driver, but he was like, Go no, he was. That's, chase a good, it. that's a good way to put it. I know it's not PC. Press the weights. No, we don't do PC here. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. No, he, dude, he was a fucking asshole. Like, um, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, right? Like, it's he taught us like work ethic, and it's kind of the point where I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat with my older son right now of, you know, grinding you too hard, pushing you too fast. Um, you know, the, yeah. the whole like nothing's ever good enough because like you could have a great football game like in high school or even in, in pop warner dude like when we were hitting and he was just he would come out and grab your face and fucking just light you up and you're like i thought i did a great job and then he you know he comes back and he's like well you did you did okay but you have these 17 things you need to fix whether it's like footwork or you know or whatever so but now he's, he's sure. a hard ass man like he 
I attribute him to a lot, like at least from the successful things, like, you know, work ethic, try hard, you know, all that kind of stuff too. But um, yeah, man, it kind of like burnt, you know, I don't know if you ever felt it. Like we get, did you ever get burnt out where you're just like, man, I'm, I'm over this at this point? Like sure, the lifting, all the, time. the training. Yeah. Man, I was just like, uh, no, the, I think we all go through that, that burnout phase, especially in today's now world that like, you got to figure out how to pause it. You got to figure out how to self-reflect, you know, do whatever it is that that you do to heal yourself, I think. Um, and, and then figure out how to get right back into it. It's just as hard as you were doing it in a smart way. Very eloquently right? put, Tony. I like that, man. No, that's, yeah, that's I, I'm working on my, my eloquence. So nice. No, term- have, uh, what was that? It's that program the Marine Corps used to have. They probably have it. It's like, not Roastmasters, but it's like something where they can help you with public speaking and yada, yada, yada. I don't remember. But uh, Well, I didn't go to that. So that, no, I didn't either. Really. I, that's, that's not a uh, thing. D- Dale Carnegie is pretty good. I did okay. one of those classes. Um, I think I forgot so, everything that I went um, through. But Tell me more about your dad. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, growing up, um, he was always like the work hard, play hard kind of guy. So I think the playing hard side uh, got a hold of him. So in 20... 2016, I just got back from deployment and I get a phone call from like his neighbor who's like his best friend. He's like one of my uncles that's not really blood or whatever. He's like, hey, your dad had a heart attack. Uh, you need to fly down here. And I was like, dude, I have no bandwidth to get down there right now. I just got home, you know, it's probably two weeks later. How old so we ended up having a triple bypass. Um, basically, his heart was at like 10% efficiency, if you will. Um, yeah. And ever since, like, he, he's always been, like, a super big muscle-bound dude, right? Like, I'm sure he was juicing his head off, too, when he was younger. But um, to see him, you know, be, like, that big, mean, burly dude, and then I just saw him, what, last year? And he's, like, old, wrinkly, just his health's going to shit. You know, and it's all his life decisions from earlier, right? Like, drinking beer all the time, sure. you know, not watching his health and stuff like that. It was funny, though, because – We've been telling me and my brother have been telling him for years. We're like, dude, stop salting your beer. You, you know, he gets shit like nachos and stuff, and he would just salt it and he would just eat like shit constantly. We've been telling him, and then he had his triple bypass, and he was like, "You ever heard of that? That's not using salt thing." I'm like, "Yeah, dude." I was like, "We've been telling you for years about like nutritionist things, and now all of a sudden yeah. he had a fucking heart attack." So now I was I was very uh, conscious of my salt intake so much that I actually uh, lost all my salt and ended up in the in the hospital for that. Oh, like. Uh, Lack of salt. or something like that. Right. It's whatever where you, the condition is called. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We had a couple of kids go down with that where they drank like too much water and they didn't have enough electrolytes in their body or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's nah, good. But yeah, man, he's like, he's still grinding, you know, um, it's just, help, he's just declining, man. Like he can't do construction work cause he's getting too weak all the time and doesn't really have a fallback as far as, you know, a retirement piece since he's kind of, been i guess off the books for so long because he had his own company right but which was great he worked construction but it was all like under the table or cash so he never like paid and he never paid taxes fucking ever which i was like how do you get around not paying taxes dude um sure enough he figured it out the hard way they ended up seizing his house so that was pretty cool but gotcha. other than that i mean like talk to him all the time like he's his spirit seemed good you know he's just getting kind of that old sentimental guy but for sure yeah it's just kind of like, man. Well, good. No, I, I wanted to go there because I remember your dad being a, you know, a super supportive of you and your and your brother and us as a as a group. So, oh, he loved you guys. He still asked about you guys all the time for too. sure. Yeah. 
Um, so for for the listeners, Andy was a big player at a high school. He had a lot of big colleges ask him for you know commitments, right? Like if I if I think back to my days in high school, it's like I only had one option. That one option was Navy. You had a few other options. What were those? Um, so I had Florida State, Georgia Tech, uh, man, Vanderbilt, Louisville. I got one from Oregon State, which I was like, there's no Louisville? way I'm going out. Yeah, so I don't, do you remember you uh, Michael Bush? He was a running back. I took a visit there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I had I had more offers, but, you know, I was kind of a shithead. Grades-wise, I was fine, right? But it was like the off-the-field off type issues that I was running into a lot. Um but I think going to one of those schools, I think I may have not made it. Like bottom line up front, like I, I don't think I'd have made it through. Whether it was you know drinking and partying and all the other shenanigans you do when you're younger. Um, so I talked to my grandfather, who was he was probably more like the dad figure you would assume, right? Like he was a former Marine, fought through World War One or excuse me, World War Two, fought through Korea. You know, so growing up, me and Robbie idolized him a lot, and he, you know, he sat me down. And he was like, hey. So you do what you want. He's like, but I think you should go there. And, you know, at least you have something guaranteed on the back end. You know, whether you go Navy, he's like, you better not go Navy because I'll disinherit you. Which I was like, ooh, that hurts. But, um, <laughs> you know, so that was kind of the the biggest point. I, you know, talked to him. My dad was like, go wherever you want, wherever you think you can start first, naturally, because he's about the football life. Um, and, yeah, so between my, my grandfather, my mom, and my brother, we kind of settled on it, man. And I was like, that's great, you know, so – Fast forward, now I'm here in the Marine Corps, and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. Um, so you, you came to Navy as a defensive lineman, and then you turned into an offensive lineman. If I were to name this podcast already without talking to you, I would say Power and Piss with Andy Lurk. Because <laughs> you had all that power, man. Like, you, you're you – were, you were powerful, right? Like on the field, like you could manhandle folks and um, you try to at least, right? <laughs> Sometimes with no. big boys, you're like, you got, got some leverage. And I remember the coaches would always, um, at least on the O line, talk shit, right? Because there's a picture of uh, when we were playing Ohio State, I can't remember the big ass dude with the D tackle. He's got his arms fully extended on me, and my arms are all the way out, dude. And I'm still about a foot short from touching his pads. I can't even get him. It was yeah. just, uh, you, it was funny. But you had leverage. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's for sure. Uh, being short, I guess, has its privileges, at least in that. Oh, aspect. Yeah. All right, that's that's my intro for Andy Lark. The rest is memories, so we're gonna jump into some memories here, and uh, this will be fun. Okay. I'm sure you're excited, I'm excited for it. <laughs> so, I, I got a few folks. Uh, my wife actually had a memory, which which I'll hit, but we started off with a, a Nishak memory. Um, whenever we went out, whenever we did something, we were, you know. Maybe you can call it raging, uh, where we <laughs> were, were figuring out what that release was. He would always cross-check decisions based off of two different people. One was you and one was me. Of Like, is this a good decision or not? Mm-hmm. You remember that? I do remember those, man. That's, that's interesting. And then I think later in life, we still sometimes cross-check each other. Like, hey, think about doing this shit. Like, does it seem like a good idea? And you're like, not at all. And then sometimes he would do it anyways, right? Like you'd be like, I don't think so, but like, you do I need you, a man. filter, and I need to 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 run this through a couple of people that I actually, you know, 
deeply trust with the same values and uh and and that's how he felt about you um so amanda she, i was t- telling her i was like hey i'm gonna talk to lark tonight what do you remember about andy lark and she's like well i remember picking him up down in you know around the downtown annapolis area uh in the car you, you know you know i'm going here you picked me up in the ram charger dude remember and i sprinted dude. to come get y'all <laughs> and i ended up blowing my ankle up Exactly. You had a, you had a blowed up ankle that night. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Cause I was running and I hit, I don't know if it was a pothole or something. And I, dude, it sprained so goddamn. You remember it was, I was at the house. It swelled up to a yeah. grapefruit. dude. It was terrible. Yeah. I'm just sitting there yeah. drinking, eating on the couch. Like, man, I'm a, this would be bad. So and, I do and remember she, uh, she, uh, wrapped you up with an ace bandage. She did. She I took think. super good care of me. So I definitely tell her I appreciate her and love her for that too. No doubt. We'll do. Uh, Ram. Um, Ram mentioned that uh, we called you Shab, our plebe. Yeah. Remember that? Because we had like Ed Maps. We had a guy named Shab, and y'all were like kind of similar in that way. Yeah. Um, Never met the dude. I just heard stories. So. Gotcha. Ram also brought up that that Thanksgiving. Oh, man. That Thanksgiving at the Campbell's house. Oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about, for sure. That's one of the life lessons I'm like, man, if I could repeat something, I would definitely fix that goddamn situation, for sure. <laughs> oh, well, man. What, what was that situation? What would you fix? Because I'm not going to tell the story. You can tell it. Oh, man. I might keep some of the, the good highlights out of it. But basically... Yeah, that's when I was like still smoking cigarettes, just being, you know... Yeah, I don't even know how you would word it. Rebellious, right? Like I'd moved to O-line, just was like not not feeling it, not happening. Um, ended up like getting blacked out drunk. Um, multiple, like, yeah, it was bad. I think for every, almost every every time there. And then, uh, yeah, ended up fucking going to the bathroom, fucking puking, shitting. And then it was just, it was just chaos, dude. And the next day, I remember, because we had driven to the house uh, from Kevin's house in the morning, you know, he's like, if you ever do that again, and the worst part was when Julie, because we got up at like 4.30 in the morning to go back the next day to practice, and she's like, Andy, like, if you ever, you know, behave like that or did that bad, and she's like, I'm sorry, we can't have you here anymore, and I was like, oof, I'm like, that's, that's a bad moment right there in your life, and I, you know, I, I'll remember that one, I, I she, do now still, too. She was a saint. She was a saint, man, one of my favorite people in my life, um. Yeah, so that, that was the story about Thanksgiving, man. Don't don't get hammered and uh, not eat food and be an asshole, you know, when you're at somebody else's house. Bottom line, <laughs> right? Like, keep your wits about Got you. It. Maybe if I had a uh, fact check, you or uh, Nishak might have, like, saved me on that one a little bit. But uh, <laughs> Well, I wasn't there. So, no, I know. Uh, yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't have helped you there. Um, but, you know, that whole story, um, that was Kevin Campbell's house. That, and Julie yep. was Kevin Campbell's mom. Um, well, here's what Kevin had to say about you: was your your I was roommate? Where this was going to go with him? Yeah. So, so I was your roommate. This, I was like, what, what's the dirt you don't tell me, Like, just so I can prepare myself. All right. So, Kevin was your roommate of uh, how many years? All four years, or all just four years, man? Yep. All four years. So he had to put up with you, right? Um, what Kevin said was that you cared. Andy Lark cared. Right. Uh, You cared about your commitments and you followed through on those commitments. Um, 
that you were, you know, he was proud of you and, and what you were doing with the, with the Marine Corps that, you know, Andy found a job where if you were going to go, um, lift ammo cans over your head all day, like he could actually do that and get paid to do that. Right. Exactly right, man. And, uh, you know, you, you're really lucky to have a guy like Kevin. Like Kevin was the most patient, super smart. Like I remember coming to you guys' room for like, hey, Kevin, like t- teach me all these things that genius, I don't know man. about these. One of the smartest yeah. dudes I know by far. <laughs> uh, and, and he probably hit, you know, the hardest on the entire team, which y'all could connect on yes. that really well, right? The assassin, so, right? Because you can't see him coming through until he like hits you right in the grill. Yeah. Uh, really, Kevin's like, great. Too, right, I think he came through so hard, he ended up like shearing his. He helmet, did. Like, he broke his helmet. It's you know, he's the only guy that I knew that actually broke the plastic part of a of a helmet in the entire four years that we were there. So, and still had like cognizance afterwards, like he was fine. I'm like, how can you? It's like you could run through a brick wall right now. Be okay. Like that blows my mind. I'd yeah, have been out for a week. Easy. He's the only guy I didn't like to hit ever, uh, for sure. That's and uh, but yeah, dude, great dude. Um, you know, him and his parents were awesome to us. They, they lived in, uh, in Virginia, you know, just with the Schaefer's, like they were, they were close knit, whatever, but like, that was our getaway and, uh, yeah. really good, good people. Kevin's good dude. Uh, anyways, don't want to keep going there cause it's, it's awesome. And, and I want to like reminisce that, but at the same time, let's keep going. There's one more memory you're going to talk about today. And that was, uh, were we sophomores? Yep. Maybe for yeah. Okay. So we went to Bush Gardens. We we so the the Naval Academy was really smart, and they sent fourteen or fifteen guys from Navy football to like the same ship for two weeks to just knock out that check in the box summer training requirement. And uh, you know, I just turned twenty one. You were still. 20 20 and uh yep. yeah and, and we uh decided to, to have a few before we went to bush gardens on some uh some weekend liberty and uh what do you remember about that <laughs> oh man so many of the bad things in life that i remember from that i'm like my goodness i'm i'm surprised i'm su- surprised i even survived through that honestly um so i think the kicker was right we were staying like down in the enlisted birthing on ship so it was like the the living arrangements, you know, and the quality of life was already down, but we had gone out the night prior. Remember? Yep. We went to like downtown Norfolk or something, (laughs) you know, everybody tied one on and then, uh, you know, woke up probably still drunk at this point. Uh, yeah. And then we started drinking screwdrivers on the way up there. And that, that is what got me the blacked out portion. (laughs) So I'll just go through the whole, the whole thing, the whole story if you want, because I've been thinking about it. it. Yeah, I'll it's cut some good. of it out if I have to, but it sounds yeah, good so, to me. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we get up in the morning, right? Me and you, was me, you, Ose. Was there a fourth person in the car or was it just the three of us? I can't remember. Uh, it was Milky or something? I can't remember either. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we're drinking screwdrivers on the way up to Bush Gardens. Didn't bother eating breakfast. You know, like, oh, orange juice, there's vitamins in that. It'll be breakfast. <laughs> um, so get there, right? And I, I'm blacked out, like. I remember getting to the parking lot and then I remember it's almost like photographs, right? Like you're like, Oh, picture this, picture this. And that, that's kind of how the memory works. But, um, you know, go to Bush gardens. I think I tried to take a piss and I ended up falling down the hill. 
Yep. Then I come back in up front, after in the front hill. of a lot of people. Yep. Oh, a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. At a lot of people. Gate. Yep. Yeah, right at the front of the gate. And then I remember grabbing the flagpole, and you can probably corroborate that or not. I'm pretty sure I bent it, right? Like I pulled it hard and it like bent over a little bit. At least one of them. There were a few flagpoles there that day. Yeah. So, you, I, you know, 320 pounds, probably the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Ended up, you know, pulling this over. Cops get called. Um, I remember, I think it was Kevin that showed me a picture from that same day. I was sitting on a bench with a cigarette <laughs> in my mouth that was broken. Just sitting there, like, trying to figure out my life. Uh, end up, you know, cops come, end up getting uh, arrested. You know, I was big at that time, too. So, they had to do the the one handcuff on each arm and then connect them behind my back. Cause you know, I was yeah. beefy if you will. And during the, uh, questioning by the officer, if you will, you know, he was like, you know, you've been drinking today, son. And I'm pretty sure I was like fifth. And he's like a fifth of what, how much did you have? And I was like, fifth amendment motherfucker. <laughs> and that's the, the story from there. Right. So, so I uh, don't remember a whole lot of that. What I do remember is you standing up, talking to the guy and the guy said how much you have to drink today and you said a fifth and then he said a fifth of what you said fifth amendment (laughs) dude yeah and and that's that's all she wrote and then yeah then it was game over man um but no, I think it was funny. I think that's I got that from Chappelle show. I think because remember who he's like one, two, three, four, five, and he's like from the skit. You ever seen that one? <laughs> so that's I, where you pulled sure, that like, memory from, huh? I, in my drunken stupor, it had to come from something. I don't think it was from like law class at that point. Yeah. You know. Well, so, oh man, that situation. Whew. Well, and then you know, uh, you were you were clever in the midst of uncertainty. So. That's a good, that's a really fancy way to put that. I appreciate the putting me back in the light instead of where I trying to make it eloquent. But yeah. So then, you know, the shittiest part is I woke up in jail and I was like, Oh shit. Phone was dead. Couldn't make phone calls. And then, um, man, who's that captain? One of the captains, you know, drove down, um, from Annapolis. I actually saw him at the, the, when I went to the Memphis game, I saw him. Really? Is he an admiral yeah. now, or is he just I, retired, or what? Uh, no, he was in civilian clothes. Okay, um, I remember but yeah, his that face. dude yep. drove down, remember, and uh, got uh, yeah. And when we drove back, and he was like listening to like XM comedy, like like yeah. the X-rated comedy version of like one of the weirdest comedy. Rides. <laughs> I know you're up in the front seat, and you're like dude, laughing so at it and stuff, and up in the back, I'm like, you mother. Yeah, because no, I bought the stuff. I, I know, and he had asked, and I yeah. was like, "I did a hey, Mister." Um, and I, I didn't even know, like, how did that happen? Where you got pitched on it? Like, I, that's the part I didn't know. Well, he asked me, was, I was, "Why'd you do it?" And I was like, "It was a, a hey, group Mr. problem, right?" And uh, you had to get it from somewhere, so I just fessed up and yeah, took the bullet. I don't, and, man, and, sucks and we spent that that summer that. together uh, on restriction and left the weights all summer, so it's probably a good thing. Best. But yeah, man. So like, that's one of the, the stories I'll never forget for as long as I, as long as I live, man. Just nice. dumb things, man. You know, no doubt. We're at 28 minutes now and we haven't even started on your story. So this one will be a long one. Are you ready? Yeah, man. All right. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, French toast and almost French a mimosa. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. Good for you. 
right. Tell us your Plus story. I was doing some drinking last night, so I was like, ah, I'm not gonna, not gonna do it this morning. Cool. Tell us your story from high school to where you're at today. Like, what what'd you go through? Man, um, high school was. I would like I want to say easy, right? But like, I never struggled with grades. Like I, you know, I don't consider myself a smart person, but academics was never, if I applied myself, academics was never a problem, you know, um, you know, did football, did weightlifting, wrestling, tried lacrosse, way too much running. So I cut that shit out real fast. Um, you know, I tried hard. My dad, you know, pushed me just to get better at all things. Right. So I was like, focus on diet, focus on lifting, you know, and really trying to push the hype, getting tape out just to see where it would go. Um, my mom, you know, she's definitely like one of my rocks and she still is in my life for sure. You know, she make, taking the long hours, like, you know, driving me to training or, you know, being at every single game, whether it's home or away, like never miss an opportunity. Um, you know, she had a lot of rough times too, you know, cause she raised me and my brother for the first shit. I don't know. I was like two when they got divorced up until I think she got remarried when I was like 12 or 10 or something like that. So, you know, just grinding, working three jobs you know, making sure we had everything that we needed. And, you know, we struggled and it is what it is. I think you get better about that. And then she remarried and that dude ended up being a bigger dick than my real dad. So that was interesting. <laughs> you know, he was, uh, he just, yeah, man, he was just a brutal dude, you know. Um, How'd you deal with that? Not good, dude. Not rebellious as hell, you know. Um, Tell me more he, about that. So his name was Joe. Um and honestly, man, if I ever found that dude, I'd probably beat his ass right now. Just because like when you're younger, you don't really realize all the shit you're going through, you yeah. know? Um, but he, I'd pay to watch it. Dude, we would, I'd probably get hurt doing it too. Probably blow my shoulder out. But, um, <laughs> you know, we would practice all week. We'd have a game Friday nights and I, you know, you get busted up. Like you can't even walk right the next day. He has, he'd have me and Robbie up or at least me up at like five o'clock in the morning to go work construction all goddamn day or dig ditches or pour concrete or whatever. Never once went to a football game, you know, just like, he's like, you need to work. And he was all about trades, right? Like get a trade. You can do construction, like fuck sports kind of thing. Um, Cause he'd never been a sports guy. Like he was like a musician, weirdly enough. And then just focused on construction and growing his businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And he ended up, um, you know, cheating on my mom. And then we had a fucking throwdown. Uh, I got my licks in, he got his in pretty good. And then, you know, my mom, was basically like get out of the house whether that's like she told me to like actually leave permanently no right but in order to de-escalate the situation she told me to leave yeah. someone to my buddy's houses um How'd they yeah, go? Like, so they kind of got me i would say like bitter and then robbie left for the marine corps and then it was like me by myself so like all that stuff i just talked about that was me dealing with all that by myself right like it, it was just my mom him and me so there was no outlet like yeah. i couldn't talk couldn't talk to him because he was in Okinawa at the time. And I kind of resented him for a while. I was like, you fucking left me in this situation, you know, and didn't really know how to deal with it. So, you know, started doing some extracurriculars that were not beneficial. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. um, whether it's like the devil's lettuce or drinking or whatever else, you know, just trying to find a way to numb it, I guess is the best way I could put it. Sure. Um, you, know, work, you know, work through that, ended up getting offers. Football was good. You know, I, I try to, do the Olympic weightlifting stuff. And I was, I actually went out to the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs and they said, Hey, we, we can offer you to come in the program because my, my numbers at the, that time were good. I was sitting like the 238 um, 
weight bracket, but they're like, it's 2005. Like the first Olympics you're going to go to is 2012, if you can make it. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, that is a long term investment. And at that point I was like, I'm not ready to, to spend that much time. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I still, you know, I still Olympic lift now and just not to the degree. So that was kind of like the one, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda type situations where you're like, man, what if, what if it would have worked out differently? Um, now that I'm here, you know, I would never, never take that back because between, you know, you guys, the brotherhood and just the things I've learned, um, along the way. So I ended up taking my trip to Navy, right? So I went to Louisville, Georgia Tech, a couple others, whatever, but, um, go to Navy. And then I think it was my, my sponsor was Kyle Echo at the time. And I didn't know like who he was or how, you know, he was like one of the rock stars for the team, you know, kind of like the going pro type dude. I had no idea. And, you know, just listen to him like talking. He's like, Oh, he's like, it's the brotherhood. It'll, he's like, you'll enjoy it. It'll be great. And Ricky Dobbs is actually with me on that trip, which is pretty interesting. He went to naps. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm a direct dude. So, um, we reminisced probably like two years ago. I saw him in Bahrain. We just reminisced about our recruiting trip, you know, so they take us out, you know, get us hammered pretty much come back in. All the coaches are sitting there in the hotel lobby and we're all like stumbly bumbling, trying to get back to our rooms and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, after I figured out who Kyle Eckel was and I was like, that's good, but they definitely didn't paint the picture of reality, at least for me. Right. Like I didn't go to nap, so I didn't have that exposure. Um, and like, just like, coach Pearson, who's the position coach, you know, he was like, Oh, it's like, he's like, it's just like normal school. It's like high school. You just wear a uniform and just, you know, that's it. And I was like, damn, all right. I was like, I can do that. I can wear a co-. Like I never wear collared shirts now, you know, unless I'm in uniform, but never. <laughs> and you know, you show up and you're like, Oh shit, this is plebe summer, you know, and this is the military and you run around and you throw shit and then you pick it up and you throw it again. You know, a lot of the, the things that you would assume I'd know about, cause my brother was in the Marine Corps, you know, my, dad, uh, my grandfather was too, but that was like a shell shock, dude. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, this little yeah. dude, little dweeb shithead is yelling at me to go do things. And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, that does, doesn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man, you know, and then, then signed, um, coach Jasper was my, um, recruiting coach. And I actually just texted him yesterday about the win. Like, Hey, good job. You know, way to turn around a little bit. Um, yeah, from there, you know, man, a lot of lessons learned. I know one of the things I was thinking about, I wrote some notes down, nothing, you know, inspiring, but trying to break in as being a direct guy, right. Cause we didn't have the chance to form like you guys did over a year or, you know, playing football and just hanging out, you know, trying to break into the naps click was kind of difficult because you guys had already had like your, your solid group, you know, and for us coming in, um, it was kind of challenging a little bit like, Ooh, shit. Like I gotta start talking to these dudes and like figuring out what they, you know, what they do, what they like. And, you know, see where things jive and over time you know it's easy we're all kind of the same people for the most part but uh yeah man and then what through school struggled a lot you know freshman sophomore year just not pouring myself in academics um you know football was the, the key at that point and really trying to balance football with you know the new military life and all the other stuff and then traveling and missing missing class because i just didn't want to go you know and saying oh i went to training or like, what do we call it the uh training. yeah i, I remember that like 82 absences one year and they were like yeah. there's no way and then that's yeah. when doc came back and was like, you gotta stop saying you're at treatment when you're not and sometimes <laughs> i was but most of the time i was just like i'm not getting up man i can't do you, it you were probably the biggest offender on that of the treatment one of the uh unexcused 
absences. Oh, dude, I, I know I was number one for sure. Without maybe Nate Frazier too, he might have been up there with me. But true, uh, he, he didn't make it through. So no, he didn't. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So you know, I would say one of the bigger, like not struggling points, but you know, when you come in, you get recruited to play this position. You know, I was like, all right, you know, I played the end and like outside linebacker slash middle linebacker and then played fullback. And then they're like, all right, come in at nose guard. And you're like, ooh, it's just a different ball game, dude. And yeah. I will never forget like the first practice we had full pads, like the speed of the game from high school, which was not that hard. Yeah. To college, you're real like, fast. you get like, contact, get blown up, whatever. And you're like, where's the ball? And you're like, oh, and it's even, 20 yards like, And even the practices compared to the yeah. game, like that's a next level change, mm-hmm. right? For sure. And so, like, just just to be used to, like, the timing and the speed and the tempo, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And there's, you know, 15 dudes vying for one spot. You know, it, it was it was frustrating. And then, you know, Coach Niemott, my, going in my junior year, asked me if I wanted to go play center. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I had no – I had zero desires to go play O-line, man. And that's the whole it's thing. It's funny. Like whole, uh, Curtis Bass, like, that was his thing. He wanted center. Yeah, so our senior year, he stepped up and played center. But, you know, junior year, I was behind uh, Ricky Moore at center the whole time, and I just – I hated it, man. Despised playing center. I just – I don't know. I think it was just me being, you know, whether you want to call it cocky or just, like, I'm better than that. But to me, you know, I just – it bothered me for a long time that I had to switch over. And, you know, I know a lot of the other podcasts have heard, it's like, you know, the selflessness and stuff too. And I was like, yeah, man, I get that. And that's kind of what happens as a byproduct of going through it. But at the yeah. time, man, I was like, mm, I'm probably going to leave. Like, I'm just, I'm not in it. I'm not in it to win it, you know. That so so at what it. point did you decide, like, hey, I might leave this thing? So after our adventure at Bush Gardens, right, that was right before yeah. we signed our two for seven. So technically we're going into our junior year. You know, I just yeah. come off 60 days restriction. I didn't, so I think Jordo signed after I did, but it, I was like five days after we we're supposed to sign is when I had to sign it, you know, like sign it or get the hell out. Um, so I ended up signing. Um why? You know, at that point, I was kind of, I, I'd already pulled my transcript. I had asked for highlight film because I was like, if, if I sign this document and I get in trouble again, which I got in a little bit, not too much after that, right? I was like, I, I don't have to pay back all that money. So, like, I sent film back out, sent my transcripts out, uh, which probably hurt me more than anything because my grades were trash at the time. Um, and then, you know, junior year, just working through that and, like, the amount of injuries – you know, it's just, it's frustrating. You can never like feel like you can keep healthy, which is normal through the season. But, and then eventually like senior year, you know, actually getting to play, uh, cause we played as sophomores, you know, on defense. And that's why I was like, all right, this would be great. You know, stay on this side of the ball. Um, yep. And then senior year, you know, being able to actually play and, you know, go full speed and hit people and kind of make like all the work you do like relevant or, you know, you're finally like, yes, you know, I put in all this grind. Worth it. Finally, like get out and get show. the reward out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was a big sticking point. I just want to bring it up, you know, cause I was like that, that bothered me for a while, you know? Um, like and then, so, so you signed the document mm-hmm. and then you're committed, right? Yeah. Like when you point, did that, was it like, was there anything in your mind that you'd like thought that I need to do this better or, you know, like any, any sort of like epiphany there? Or is yeah, it just I would like, say oh, so. I'll just sign um, it and just keep going and see what happens. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. It it did, right? It was kind of like, hey, like you sign this document, you know, if you get kicked out, like you're that's you're gonna be putting, you know, way behind 
the power curve as far as like life advancement, you know, trying to do great things. Like it's not going to be a reality if you got to pay back whatever the note, like 250 grand or whatever it was. And that's just the starting point. So just kind of trying to like get that under control um, and really trying to be, I would say like less immature, right? Cause we're all young and kind of dumb doing things, uh, but learning like, Hey, you know, when's the, when's the right time to act like an idiot and when's not. And I think that kind of helped out and, you know, being around you guys for sure. Like, you know, you, Kevin, Matt, Jordo, everybody. Um, yeah. And dealing with some of the additional issues that I had at school, um, you know, through pain medications and all other things. And you can keep it if you want. I know I had a real bad pill problem, man. Uh, what was it? Broke my ankle. Yeah. I was, was going to maybe bring now, that I'll up. Talk so, about it since you brought it up yeah. then tell us more about that. Yeah, man. So, you know, I had a string of real bad injury, like, <sighs> said like a what it was uh broke my ankle coming out of that that wasn't too bad ended up jacking my shoulder up then i fucking um messed my bicep up then tore my pec and that was all like within you know six months like six months roughly you know working through yeah. spring camp getting hurt then fall just getting you know beat to shit um uh, you know the navy at that point they were like hey yeah i busted my ankle up or i got some injuries they would just cut you prescription painkillers you know um mm-hmm. And then, you know, slowly you, you take one and then the effects don't work and then you take three and then eventually it just grows and grows and grows to the point where I was like addicted, man. Like no bullshit. Like just stuck on them. Could not get off of them to save my life. Another one uh, that Ram brought up, um, which I wasn't going to talk about, but since we're on the, the conversation, he had PRK surgery, right? To fix his yeah. eyes. And yeah. he came to him and said, hey, act a little, you know, Act a little bit longer that, that this thing hurts so you can get some more pills mm-hmm. <laughs> and give them to me. Yeah, dude. Remember it was that? it was to that point. Yeah. And PRK, they give you that shit too. And it's not like a little guy. It was like, some, you know, some pretty stacked bottles where I'd be like, no doubt. I, I had play. PRK too. Yep. Really just like buzz your eyeballs. Vision's still good now. I might have to get reading glasses in a couple of years, but uh, yeah, man. And then I we had like essentially an intervention. I think you were there for that, weren't you? Where No doubt. Uh, I think I led it. Yeah, I think it was you, Milky, Kevin, you know, because you guys saw me like sliding downhill pretty significantly, right? And you don't see it from internal to the side. You're just like, I need this thing, right? Like to get through school, get through football practice, whatever. Um, yeah, there's about 20 dudes in that room when I walked in and I was like, oof, man, like this is way more serious than I thought. And, the, you know, I think that that right there was the turning point. That I would say the two for seven, you know, yeah. A little bit but that point where i was like these 20 dudes just came together and were like they cared so much about me to the point where you know i think noki was like i'm gonna fucking beat your ass if you don't and then naturally that was how it started you know but having that that support structure and having the dudes like legitimately care as a brother was kind of like the turning point for me where i was like all right like try to get my shit together you know i had to go to do some counseling did some stuff with the Navy medicine, really just trying to like kick the, the habit of why I would need it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Like that was, that was huge. And, uh, yeah, nowadays where I like get injured, like I tore my pec last year or whatever, they're like, you want painkillers? I was like, nope, I'll take Advil. And that's it, man. Like I'm not even going to put myself in that predicament. Not that I'm saying that I would cause I'm older now, you know what I'm saying? But, um, kind of know those triggers. And I was like, I think that might be one of them. So I'm going to, Go ahead and bypass that and just eat some Tylenol like candy. Good day. for you. That's yeah, awesome. Man. That's that's a that's a celebration story in itself. So, yep. Awesome. And then and then uh, what happened after that? 
Yeah, man. So graduated, you know, um, cool part is I got to stay, do the TAD thing, uh, not for sprint, but for the, the big team, you know, hanging out with Bryce McDonald, which was cool as shit. So it was me, Bobby Ross and Smitty, Brian Smith, uh, hung around for what, 10 months almost to, uh, do like recruiting film study, all that other stuff, make packets, get coffee and McDonald's, like some, uh, slanderous ass peasantry work, but, um, yeah, did that. I ended up meeting my wife, Jenna, you know, um, right How'd after you I graduated. Meet her? What's up? How'd you meet her? So she was actually, her and her friend were hanging out with Ram and I think Nick at Dave's pool. Do you remember that the apartment that he had out there? So we'd always go to the pool and me and Dave became No, buddies. I never went there. Oh, no? Um, so yeah, it was like, I met Dave through Ram. We ended up staying at his apartment because it was a nice pool right behind Sam's Club over in Annapolis. Uh, so she was at the pool one day. Hey, you know, Ram and her friend was there too. Um, and we actually just started out talking shit to each other, right? Because I was loud, obnoxious dude. She's kind of the same, pretty much the same personality, just in the female version. And of course, prettier nice. stuff too, naturally. But uh, yeah, just started hanging out after that and then started dating. And then, you know, now, what, 13? Damn, going on 13 years of togetherness and 12 years of marriage. Awesome. Um, it was good, but yeah, so I met, met my wife, you know, graduated, went to TBS, which was awesome, you know, just like grinded out. We kept like, I kept hitting you up because I think you were like, what, a company or two companies ahead of me at the time? Yep. So I'd ask, like, I'd talk to you guys, like, hey, like, what, you know, what does this entail? What's this whole Marine thing about? Um, and kind of just learned, it was so weird when I checked in because we got, we had been at school for, you know, 10 months after everybody else. And we show up to TBS and all these dudes, you know, they're all, they just come from OCS. So they're like, they're brainwashed. They're acting like recruits, like <laughs> yeah, dude, just running around. And I'm like, and we're in our alphas, right? Like the nice green suit. And I'm like, why the fuck are we running around? So I check in with the platoon staff or company staff, the other lieutenants. Use your noggin, bro. What's up? Think for yourself. Use your noggin. Yeah, well, like, Think they for were, yourself. They're like, we got to go run and get our books and run and get our bill or our uh, linens or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but why are we running? Like, just walk and go get your shit. And they're just, like, in the hallway going nuts. And I guess it was me. I was just like, I don't give a shit, man. I'm going to walk this out. I'm not rushing to do this stuff. Uh, you know, graduated TBS, went Lago, just like you. Um, and then I went CLB6, right? So, kind of logistics battalion, for those who don't know, um, out in Lejeune. Did a deployment to Afghanistan, came back. Then I went to Marsoc. Um which I remember Cameron's podcast too, you know, where some of those dudes are high level athletes, high level, just, you know, killers, if you will. Um, but you also see the other side of them too, right? Like they go through the same struggles as everybody else. Um, sure. And it was kind of unique, like running logistics forum during another deployment uh, out of there, you know, kind of learning the whole soft side of the house, um, which was good. And then went to EWS, Expedition Warfare School for School, came out to Coronado, California, gorgeous, right? I did an instructor thing for two years, basically flew all over the world to teach about um, like amphibious operations and logistics and MPF, uh, Maritime Prepositioning Force stuff. I would have loved to sit through a class that you taught. And that's kind of the whole, you know, public speaking and being able to be comfortable in front of people and getting your points across. Like you really get comfortable talking about things. I mean, naturally, once you become the expert on the, the material you're briefing, it makes it easier, but it was good, man. I loved it. You know, it, it's different. Like the first, I don't know, six times you get up there, you got butterflies in your stomach and sometimes the population is Navy like E3s or, or it's like, Hey, 
there's a couple colonels, lieutenant colonels in this class, and you're briefing them on how they're doing anthrop logistics, which they might already have experience on that I didn't at the time. What are um, what are a couple of your gems like that you pull out of your back pocket and like, hey, if you don't remember anything else with this conversation, remember these two things. Do you have that? From the instructor package? Yeah, probably. But, you know, I, I would say networking, right? Like, hey, you don't need to fucking know everything, but you need to know the person who does. Right. And like, that's kind of the, the bigger gems. Um, and I think, you know, Mike kind of alluded to it too. And I, you know, I tell my Marines all the time still, and like, just, and it's do the little things right. And the big things will take care of themselves. And I'm sure I've heard the coaches say it or whatever, but that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, you know, focus on being a good Marine, right. Focus on the little things, uniform, make sure everything's squared away, showing up work on time, putting a hard day's work in when needed, you know, and then, then, understanding when you don't have to, when it's okay to like kind of take a step back. Um, but it's like, if you can handle those little things, man, I was like, don't worry about the deployments and all the crazy shit we're about to go through. I was like, that'll take care of itself as long as like we're doing our jobs. So it's kind of like the two, I'll say the two that I actually like use a lot, even like every safety briefing, like, Hey, what are we doing? They're like, take care of little things, sir. I'm like, all right, tight, man. Like, let's fucking let's make this happen. Like, Perfect. We're gonna be- no, that's, that's, that's good because <clears throat> you, you see a lot of stuff on the internet right now with like branding yourself and like, you know, what's your brand? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, there you go. Like people know you for this thing. Like, what do you pound on the pavement about? And yeah. you're do the little things right. Right. Like super important. So, in all aspects awesome. of your life, sports included, but you know, in your life too, right? you can do the little things, at least mediocre. Right? You don't have to do them like right. Perfect all the time, but you can get the simple shit out. You know, you're, you're set up for success, man. And, uh, Okay. Yeah, that's probably like one of the bigger takeaways that I, I usually give all the people that I talk to or, you know, or just daily interactions. And I think, you know, Mike Matthews said it the best is like, just be a good dude. And just be a good back dude. To what yep. Kevin was saying is if you actually like care about people and that that's kind of the things I was talking about, about Robbie, you know, it's like when you start losing fear about the Marines, right? Like for me now, like I, I'm tied to my desk during meetings constantly, right? Like I don't, I'm not down on the ground with them anymore. As long as you care and you actually like know them, like, Hey, like, you know, what's good in your life? What's bad in your life? Tell me what, like, how can I help you? You know? And like, that's, I think that's what sets apart like, like good leaders or at least good dudes is that, that care factor. Right. Like I care about all my guys and I have, you know, like bent over backwards for whatever I can do for them. You know, yep. even to the point where I took a Marine in my house, like, into my house because he was getting divorced. His wife was breaking through the coals. He basically was like on teetering on the edge. Right. And I was like, well, yeah. you can't have supervision. I was like, I'll supervise your ass. So I brought him into my house. He stayed with us for what, two or three months, I think, um, before we could like find him a place and get him out. And now in the, you know, we've been good friends since then. And now I'm the godfather of both of his kids. You know, it's kind of just like one of those simple little care moments. Like you just take an extra step instead of being like, Hey man, how you doing? They're like, good. You know, and it's just the walk by is like, Hey, like actually stop and talk to the dudes or the dudettes, whatever. And be like, Hey, like, how are you actually doing? Like, what are the problems in your life? What are, like, stressors do you have? How can I help you fix those problems? You know, that's kind of, like, a, a big thing. And I definitely, I wouldn't say I pride myself on it, but I just, I try to care about people, man. And it, sometimes it works out great, and other times you care too much and end up burning you. You know, that's another flip side of that little cool coin. Sure. You just kind of got to be careful where, you, you know, you don't overstretch your neck and it comes back and bites you in the ass for some things. So, and that's really, like, rainbow specific not necessarily out in public or in the civilian sector. Yeah. But yeah, no man. Doubt. And then, so I left uh, Coronado as an instructor and 
you know, picked up major and it was like, oof, now you can't make mistakes, but you still can 100%. I make them all the time. So I don't know if you ever remember that and you're like, oh, you're lieutenant. Like you can play the lieutenant doesn't know card and it's fine. And you pick up captain, you can't <laughs> use it as much. And I was like, well, I use that shit all the time. So like ask me a detailed ass question and I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I have no idea, sir. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. Like I, I have no idea. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll get it. Just let me know. But they always like brainwash you to think like you have to have the right answers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, so now I'm up here at Pendleton. Um, we're living on base, which is pretty pretty sweet. I've never done it before. My first time. You nice. know, uh, I miss we live, Southern California. We live, so uh, you're lucky. Yeah, out in town, man, down south. We were five miles from the border, and there was like kids and females getting snatched up and brought across the borders. So, like if the kids went outside, I have to go with them. You know, now you're on base. You're like, get out of my house. They disappear for six, seven hours. Maybe if they have to eat or whatever, come back and like, we're done. Um, but yeah, I'm at the uh, 15 Marine Expeditionary Unit right now. So uh, going on ship and going, deploying somewhere, probably uh, the Pacific most likely next year sometime. So nice. that's it, man. Here now. Whew, done. Awesome. All right. So that's your story. Um Back to, to Robbie's comment about the culture of the Marine Corps. Yeah. What, what's going on there? I've been out for a while, but. Yeah. When did you get out? It was what, 2016? Dude, um, 2014. I did a, I, I took a, a more admin deal that said get out one year early and do two years reserve. And That's right. So. Man, I couldn't. I was surprised. It's been a while. If, if I had to pick yeah. anybody, it'd probably been, you know, you and a couple of others where I'd be like, oh, they're going to be lifers, man. But I get it. Yeah. Uh, no, so Chasing the, the, the culture, dream. The culture piece. And it's, it's hard to say, right, from my, from my perspective. Like, you can, you can see a difference between when we first got in, you know, whether it's, like, discipline, and, you know, chewing dude's ass for fucking up or you know, holding Marines accountable for things. And now because, you know, we're in this cancel culture mindset of, you know, you got to be politically correct and you can't say these things and you can't be too mean because it's called hazing. And, you know, there's a lot more like red tape and I guess like softness associated to it to the point where, you know, Marines are getting away with more things that would never have been like a thing. Like, like what? Well, Give me a couple examples. Like, they're inappropriate attire, civil attire around town, right? Got shitty ass haircuts, mustache out of regs. And like, it's not, it shouldn't take me, right? Like seeing it as like the ninth person in the line of defense to like make a correction. It's just people aren't willing to to step up and make those corrections. You know, whether that's like the- Why, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think just, that, because I do, I have a problem with this too inside my factory is like, if I correct everything, I don't have a staff. Yeah, right. you <laughs> because, ain't lying, man. So, like, what are you being challenged with with the regulations? Like, here's a standard. We're not meeting the standard. Yeah. Like, I mean, me there's a lot that. of it, it, it's honestly like as you you get more senior, the risk is a lot higher. Meaning, you know, we've seen battalion commanders getting relief for things that a lance corporal does. I mean, I'd hate to say like it's the generational thing. But at this point, like that's that's kind of what it, it has. I've seen it, right? Like when when we first got in, right? Like you so, get your ass chewed, and you be you accept it, and like yes, I I am wrong. I accept. I will fix. Now you try to make a correction, and it's easy, like talking back, you know, not realizing like, hey, you know, this is a lawful order. You need to follow it, or this is a regulation. You need to follow it, and they, they kind of have like that 
you know, brush it off their shoulder mentality. Like I'm too good for that. You know, when, when you have, you know, Lance Corporal PFC talking back to a sergeant, you're like, what the, like what is going on right now? So if I'm your boss, so like you as a, what company commander, uh, right now I'm just a section OIC. So I got about 30 dudes, but I was, I, I did company command time, what, 2014, like 300 what, folks. What's your boss's title? What's my boss's title? Yeah. Uh, he's a 15 mu CEO or commander. So, MU, right, so if I'm the CEO over Andy, I'm like, Andy, why are you not enforcing these regulations? I'm like, sir, I'm, I'm I'm working on it, right? So, and that's that's kind of the thing too. What Damn. I would say is like, sir, you're right. It's my fault, and I will I will address it with the Marines immediately, right? That would be my actual thing. True, um, but there's, there's how do you the handle that? The things that where I'm sitting at that I need to focus on, the things like my staff and CEOs need to focus on, right? So that's really like, hey, I'm bringing in the like next level or two levels down, bringing them in, like, hey, here's some things I'm noticing. You know, if we're doing our jobs. Anyways, like that should never become a thing for the boss. Um, you know, being True. that proactive, proactive vice reactive type. Um, yeah, and trying to like force it down to the lowest level. And I think, you know, when your units are smaller, right? I have like 30, so I know all of them individually. You know, but when I was like a company commander, we had 300. I'm like, I don't half the dudes, like PFC Lance Corporals, I couldn't tell you anything about them because, you know, we're, we're more focused on like planning and long range stuff and, not focusing on the down and in it's reemphasizing to your lower level leadership. Like, Hey, you guys have to be ones who care, right? Like, you know, treat them with respect, but like, it's okay to fucking chew their ass for things they get wrong, you know? And I, I think that, that piece is missing now. And I'm not saying it's like, a, it's not a boot camp thing. I don't think it's like SOI or MCT. Why do you think it's missing? <sighs> Man, I would yeah, say I'm like, trying to blow non-commissioned your officer leadership would be one, but it's more like everybody's just trying to either be like buddy, buddy, or they don't have the balls to say some shit to someone. Right. Like it's hard. Shamwow. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's, it's hard to like talk to another human and be like, Hey, you're fucked up. You need to fix yourself. A lot of people don't have either the balls or the stomach or, or whatever you want to call it. Right. Just to point out somebody else's flaws. It's very uh, sensitive in front of their face. Yeah. People are like too sensitive. And I was like, Hey, you want to be in the sensitivity business? Like you can, no offense. Like you can get out and go work in a civilian sector where you can file complaints and forms and you know, it's more stress. And I was like, this is still the Marine Corps, right? Like we, there's things that are acceptable here that aren't acceptable in civilian society. And you need to kind of break that. And, you know, I think it's, you know, just NCOs being more firm. Like it's okay to be firm, but fair. But when you're, when you're bringing more like, Oh, everything has to be fair. And it's like, everybody gets a participation trophy, right? Like that's the generation that we're in now. It's like, yeah. you can do mediocre work or you can be a baller, but you're still going to get a participation trophy. And it's kind of like, why would I work so hard to try to be the number one or be, you know, the baller if I can still get my way through it doing minimal or average work? You know, I know it's, this is a long, long drawn out piece. So that, that that's one side, right? Like the culture itself is changing. What's considered acceptable now is not the same as it was back then. It's, then it's, two, it's not, it's not wasted movement though. I think what you're, what you're talking about is very important to talk about because no, the way the, the, the entire, uh, the, the way the algorithm works. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, you know, yeah. the 170,000 Marines we have are, you know, plus or minus, uh, it's reinforcing. Like we're talking about now, like how do you force it down to the lower level uh, and make them yeah. care much you do about the, the little things and doing them right. You know, like doing the little things, right. You know, it's, That's a you know, 
yeah, that is the challenge, right? Like if I could, I'd spend my time doing that. Right. But my scope is a lot bigger and broader and I don't have time. Like if I'm down and in all the time, focusing on the little things like, which I have people that do that for me. Right. Like, you know, gunny staff sergeants, you know, I have a couple captains that work for me. It's like, it's, I was like, you guys need to be down and in, man. Let me fight the head shed. Like, well, I'll, I'll do all the long, I'll do all the things that you don't need to focus on. Right. So like, sham wow, sham wow, focus on your own goddamn level, take care of the Marines. Um, so like, that's one piece, right. As far as like the culture is changing. And then two, because we're in the like cancel culture and there's like, you know, easing and what does cancel oh, culture mean? Basically, like taking away all the things that made it the Marine Corps, like kind of, like cancel culture now, like for the Confederate statues getting ripped down, like it's history, right? Like I get it, you know, depending on what what side you're on or whatever else. I'm not saying that's just a specific, right? Like it's like, oh, you can't say this now, like politically incorrectness about everything, right? Especially in the state of California, dear God, man, it's like they want to rename their kids babies, and you you can't use pronouns and it's all these things. It's like, Hey man, if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a female, you're a female. Like what it's genetics, right? Like that is fucking science. There's that's proven. I get it. Right. And like yeah. some people might get, get buttered about that, but you know, it's just, man, it's cancel culture, man. It's just like anything that'd be considered like not politically correct. And like, we're not in the Marine Corps, you know, we don't give a fuck about political correctness because we're the Marine Corps. And it's in my mind, right? Like that's how I think about it. Cam got yeah, a, I, got I, a I can see it in your face right, right now. Like, Let's go. It's frustrating, dude. Right. And like, that's the thing, yeah. you know, if, if we have to be at war and you know, you gotta be a savage, like that's great. But it's, how do you learn to do that when we're not at war and we're in garrison and it's like going back to the, you know, the eighties slash nineties when we weren't, you know, out in the middle East doing all these things, it's really trying to keep the focus, like focus back in the Marine Corps, getting the Marine Corps right, getting it healthy. But instead of doing that, I feel like we're getting prepared in the right way. Exactly. With I just feel like we're values. making excuses for everything, man. And it's so frustrating. And that's kind of like what me and Robbie were talking about. You know, it's like a lot of the things, it's like we make excuses for everything. Like, oh, so-and-so did this. We'll make an excuse to why it's acceptable. And then like yeah. your, your standards and your baseline, even though they're written in writing, tend to like slide and shift. So like, you know, things become accepted when they're technically not supposed to be accepted. Yep. You know, and it just keeps deviating from that point to where commanders are getting you know, fired from shit the Marines are doing, you know? And you know how we solve that? You want to tell me? I'll write a point paper on it and get it to the commandant or something, but no, how do, how do we solve it, Tony? Tell me. I'm interested awesome. for sure. Write that paper, copy me, and it's, uh, we need really good, stellar senior leadership. I think so. Period. That knows how to make it happen. Like, get, get Jim Mattis back in the in Either Jim Mattis, yeah, <laughs> we're kind of at like a weird inflection point, and you know, some people might disagree with it, to include the Marines that are still doing their thing, but we kind of got like an older generation that's finishing at this point, right? So, like all the generals, True. they're they're still stuck in the CENTCOM mindset, and they have been, you know, and they're they're kind of stuck in the certain ways um, and getting like you know fresh blood, which you know, Commandant General Berger, like, love to do to death. He's trying to change the Marine Corps, you know, and he's, he's doing a lot of good things, I think. And then when you have a council, okay, good one. Think again, huh? Think again. This is the new book I'm reading. Okay. Every senior leader needs to read this book called Think Again by Adam Grant. Got it. But yeah, so that's the thing. It's like General Berger's trying to trying to change the Marine Corps, whether good, bad, or indifferent, how you think about it. So, so uh, how's he trying to change it, though? 
you know, we're like, we're getting rid of tanks. We're trying to go lighter, you know, go back to like our amphibious routes. So, you know, lighter, faster leverage technologies. So we're, we're getting rid of a lot of the, the firepower and the ass that we carried with us in CENTCOM all those years, right? Like dominating any environment because we have the capability. One, you know, you're going against a not pure threat. Um, and two, you just, we had the capability because we were doing it for so long. And a lot of those generals, even the ones that, when he was like, I'm changing it, we're getting rid of tanks, we're getting lighter, we're getting faster, we're going back on ship. You know, they all came out, all the generals, there was like 20 of them that basically like boycotted what the commandant was trying to do because they're stuck in their own mindset of how they want to fight fight wars and do business. Which, you know, for, for me, I'm like, hey, once you like take the cloth off, like it's no longer your concern where the Marine Corps goes. Like let- Well, you know, no, 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 here's, and, and this is what I've learned in, in my journey so far is like everything's cost-driven. It doesn't matter about like the idea, the the thing that could happen if we actually did it the right way. Like yeah. everything is, is, it's all about money. So was was that decision based off of cost or some of it was right? security? Yeah, so it was like divest to reinvest, right? Like, do we need tanks? I mean, my grandfather was a tanker, so it kind of hurt me personally. Like, oh man, that sucks. Like his lineage is kind of done at this point, but. The same time, man, like we're the Marine Corps bites off on a lot of things that it probably shouldn't. You know, we're supposed to be an expeditionary force in readiness, not a campaigning army. We have an army for that reason. So if they want to bring, you know, all the, the howitzers, the tanks, Bradley strikers, all that mechanized heaviness, like that's great, man. Like let them have that. We don't need to do that. Get in you know, the, problem the first pitches, get out yeah. or you know prepare to redeploy back up the army if they need it. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Um like I said, I, I think the change is good. It's hard to like swallow sometimes because it's still conceptual, right? We haven't gotten to the new fight and we don't know. And that's that's historically something, and I know Jeff probably knows it better than I do. Hefe's very historic based. Is any war we've prepared for has always not happened. Meaning like if you prep for a war with Russia, hey shit, Iran, Iraq kicked off. You know, we prep for that, then it's like, hey, maybe it's a China thing. You know, it's it always seems like all the conflicts sure. we get into, we've never forecasted them correctly. And this is kind of like one of those inflection points we're at right now. We're like, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're focused on the Pacific. Like, that's where we're pivoting to. And that's great. And, you know, we had a really deep debate with the leadership and my staff about like, hey, well, what happens if, you know, Iran starts or we go back to CENTCOM? And I was like, that's easy, man. We know that stuff. We've done it for 25 years. Like, going back well, to least, that, that's easy. You trying to talk about it. At least talked about it. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. We had a lot of good discussions. Like, our my commander, the CEO, he's awesome, right? Like, we had deep-seated, like, take and rank off conversations amongst the staff and, like, tell me what you what think. Makes right? awesome. What's up? What makes what him makes awesome? What's up? What makes him awesome? Yeah. Um, I would say, like, his his attitude towards the Marine Corps, his attitude towards life and mistakes, and he's he's very just easygoing, which is, he's a grunt by trade, right, 0302 infantry officer. He's just, he's very common sense approaching right like that's all he focuses on it's like hey does it make sense is it right for the right reasons okay yeah cool let's do that or like sam reed messes up and it's like his first time getting in trouble he's not sitting there trying to like hammer him and make sure he can't get promoted you know he'll he'll talk to marines he'll be like hey i get it you made a mistake i'm not going to crush you you know and he's just he's very accepting of bottom-up refinement so if i went to him right now and i was like sir this is jacked up for these reasons like you know, we always tell ourselves, like, you don't you don't just bring problems, you bring the solutions to problems. I'm not just taking the monkey off my back and giving them to you. So if I can go in there and be like, hey, this is a problem, here's the issues, here's how I think we should move out. Honestly, he'd be like, Okay, yeah, do that. That sounds good, man. Makes sense. As long as you can convince him that you have a solution in place, he'd be like, Sure, do that. And he's like, Andy, yeah, go knock it out, man, go for it. I'm like, All right, cool, great. 
you know, so it's just, he's really easy to work for. He's super caring, right? Like kind of how we talk about, it. it's all about caring. I'm not saying it's all about fucking feelings and caring, but you know, he cares about the Maybe. Marines. He cares about the unit and the morale. Like he's, he's actually super funny too. He's hilarious, man. Like that's the shit he says, like most of the Marines are cracking up at because he tries to uh, take like it a match. serious and then, you know, not be so serious when you don't need to, right? You don't need to be a stone face the whole time and be one of those like yeah yeah rah rah type marines like you don't you don't need that you need to be a human and show the marines that you're a human and they'll they'll work for you you know out of um they're compelled to work for you you're not complying them to follow the orders you know what i'm saying that's a big key piece i think no doubt i was oh. gonna say it was a it's like a match made in heaven for you oh dude it's great like we we get along really well um he actually lives in my neighborhood, like right over here too. So like, there's a bar in our neighborhood. It's called the Pub. We go there every Friday, and the generals would be there too. And that's the cool part, man. Is like, it's the O Club for us, right? For Pendleton. I'm not sure. Have you been there in the 1795? No. It was over in the yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So like, we you know we get together and the generals are there. And, you know, they're using civilian attire. Everybody's just drinking beers and we're just talking through things, right? Like we've had like some super debated conversations that just stay there, right? And we just talk through like, hey, here's how I think about it, right? Like they're in the strategic key operational level you know and we're, we're down here doing the tactical things and we're like hey here's the problems we see at our level and a lot of times we're like yeah no that makes perfect sense and naturally the bureaucracy and policy follows after that but um yeah that, that's that's pretty, that's pretty cool because I, I i've heard of those interactions happening uh, mm-hmm. but i've never actually heard of it working i think i mean inside our so unit i think it does outside of that i honestly i don't i couldn't tell you you know uh and that's kind of what I was talking about, the the culture. There's the other side of it too, right? Where because commanders, they inherit a lot of risk, but they also, their sphere of influence grows and the things that can affect your, your command or your, um, I will say like your morale in the unit can easily be um, flip-flopped, I guess, meaning like, hey, you think your unit's doing great, but there's a lot of problems at the lower levels that either is not getting to you or there's not enough, like, bandwidth, time, care to get down and figure those things out. And that's, you know, commanders are getting fired for simple things. Um, and so they're trying they're trying to not care as much because they're, like, they're so risk-adverse because, you know, if you if something, like, say, Lance Corporal gets a DUI or gets an accident and kills somebody, right, like, chances are that commander's going to get fired, right, just because of happenstance. Because then it would be like, hey, if that Marine did that incident, did his NCO check his freaking vehicle inspection form and did then his you know company commander give him the Liberty Brief? And then does the XO have a freaking program on Liberty Safety? And eventually did the CO sign the policy letter and did he give guidance during his hand? Like, you know what I'm saying? So like it's the trickle effect. Yeah. Like most people say shit rolls downhill. That shit rolls uphill in the Marine Corps just as fast. You know, and True. That's, that's kind of the thing. So, you know, and... From my, I've seen it too for like just the leadership perspectives. Um, there's a lot of toxic leaders out there and there's also a lot of good ones and there's a lot of like people that kind of fit in between, um, which is fine. But if they're, at least for now, I've noticed like who who's in it for the next rank, right? And you can tell a huge difference on how that dude leads or that lady leads their unit or the Marines in general. If they're trying to just, you know, like the peacocking, right? Like I'm just trying to show off in front of the people so I get my name out there, yeah. you know, and I try to get my next rank. And that's that's really where Robbie's sticking point is. And it's for him side, for his 7CO side, it's the same concept, right? Like they're 
they're so focused on themselves and career progression. Like they're not down and in like they should be taking care of the Marines. Cause a lot of the issues that we have as the Marine Corps could get fixed if there's enough oversight, you know, from, from the, st- the flat black clock side of the house too, you know, so good for that's kind of how I see it. Um, again, for everybody who's listening, you can agree, disagree. If you want to have a conversation, by all means, hit me up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm down to talk about it because I'm passionate about it as well. You know, what's a toxic leader? What, what, what puts a leader into the toxic box? It's all about me, right? That's okay. that's where I would say it starts, right? Like it's. It's all about me. I want to get promoted. I want to, you know, either you're not going to do anything and try to get promoted or you're going to do too much to where you're, you're burning your Marines out. You don't give a fuck about their families, their lives. It's kind of the mantra of like, you know, if you go to the field three weeks out of a month and then you work out and then you go to a deployment, I get it. We signed up for it. I'm tracking all that stuff. Right. But like, it's, it's taking your own personal goals ahead of the unit's goals and ahead of taking care of the Marines. And like, we can talk about this for hours. I'm not going to, but from what I've seen, like a lot of the toxicity is do what I say, not what I do. And it's all about me. Right. It's not in, in the Marines. And I tell them all the time, it's not just me. I'm not saying that, but I'm like, you, you guys don't work for me. I work for you. I was like, don't don't ever get it backwards, man. And I was like, I'm here to like make us successful, but I'm here to make you successful. Right. That's, that's the, the way it should work and how we think it should work. And a lot of times, you know, it doesn't work like that where it's like, you fucking do what, do what you're told Marine. Cause I told you not like, Hey, what is the why behind it? Like I'm asking you to do this and here's why, right? Like go crank wrenches on a truck, like all the trucks. Why? Because we need our readiness to get this percentage. So, Hey, we can go on, go to the field or go on deployment. And we, you know, if the red star close cluster goes up and it's hey, like, you know, we're going, we want to be ready and like willing to go at that point. And that's, that's the why behind it. Right. And it's teaching the, the Marines, the why. So yep. I know that was a very long drawn out. It's okay. No, I'm glad you did. It. Too many times, man. It's, it's, it's so frustrating too, especially. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think the, the toxic term gets mm-hmm. thrown around way too much right now, just because people get upset with stuff and they say, mm-hmm. well, this is toxic. And right? I think, what are you doing? And I would say another key piece to that toxic point is if you, again, if you have the balls to go tell him that he's wrong or her, that she's wrong, does he 100%. have the ability to accept it and change what he's doing? Or is he just, he just shirk you off and say, no, that's, that's not me. That wouldn't have, no, not me. You know, that's the hard part, right? It's like, if you know, you're going to go in and get crushed because he's just, he or she is all about themselves and like, you know, their little sphere are they able to accept, you know, criticism? And that's hard, right? It's hard for a subordinate yeah. to come tell superiors that, hey, like, criticize. And if, like, hey, and if you as better. a subordinate don't want to say, hey, boss, I, I'm feeling like this and I need mm-hmm. your help here and it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, then say it all you want. Right, yeah, man. That's facts. Like, if my bosses or boss, whatever, you know, if I disagree, like, I'll walk in there now. And, like, at this point, like, I got... He's either going to tell him to get the fuck out or he's going to say, hey, all right, let's talk about it. So not this specific skill because he's actually really good. But, you know, leaders in the past, I'm sure that I'll see in the future is I have no problems now, like going in and stirring the fucking pot at this point. When I was a younger guy, like captain, like trying to figure out, can I stay in the Marine Corps or not? You know, then I'd probably yeah. kept my mouth shut oh, a little bit I'll more. cover it. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Like, please don't beat me. No, it's fine. <laughs> Nice. I joke around all the time and I was like, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Right? That's like the running True. joke. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's good, man. 
but so uh so what are your critical success factors what do you what do you work on like Honestly, man, I just work on keeping my fucking shit together and my life in general, right? How do you do that? <laughs> uh, just keep my head down and grind, honestly. Kind of like the HBO uh, Hard Knocks, like just about grit and just grind it out. You know, it's easier now because, you know, the boys are older. So, like, we're into sports and we like a lot of the same things. Uh, and it's really like, you know, we always quote the work-life balance. That, that doesn't exist for us. And if... If somebody in the Marines is saying that they have a good work-life balance, they probably don't, right? Like 90% of my time is devoted to my work and the other 10% is, as it sounds, is devoted to family, you know, and it's even to you guys, right? And like, that's the shitty part is, you know, I love these podcasts. I like hearing everybody talk and it's so awesome to hear the boys, you know, um, just speak and you can just, you you hear them and you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking start texting all the dudes and like, we're going to get back in touch and then then life smacks you right in the face on Monday, right? Like you show up and there's fires at work and then one of the kids is sick and like, you know, then you got to run to practice. It's that constant perpetual grind. Um, for me, usually it's football, right? Like Saturdays where I'm just like decompressed. Like the boys just got done with football season. Um, they're both in tackle now, which is pretty sweet. AJ's going to be a big one, which is awesome. He'll be like I'm six, sure six, six, seven. Be... Does, he oh, dude, a, it, does he have a nickname yet? I'll tie that in something. Is he what? Does he have a nickname yet? What AJ, AJ is, no man, yeah. he's like, uh, yeah, he's your godson too. Don't I remember that one. So well, still got I, I had that too. written down here too, but I just didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't um, bring it up yet. No, that's good. No, I mean, like the he doesn't have a nickname yet, and uh, I'll tie to maybe a reason why. But um, yeah, dude, the work life balance is difficult, man. Like it. Cause then, you know, you like go on Saturday say like, you know, work all week. I help coach. I was coaching this year too. So like, you know, you get up at five and you get home at like nine by the time you're said and done. It's like, wake up, rinse, repeat, like same shit, same day, same shit, different day type mentality, you know? And like, you really, maybe I don't even have a, of a, one of those factors you're talking about where like, what do I, what do I lean on? I lean on Jenna, right? She takes care of everything at the house. She runs the boys to school. Yeah. She does all the things so without her. Like, she sounds like a rock star. I'd be even orange. But she she meal preps for me. She like makes me nice coffees in the morning. Like she she crushes that. Um, She's your rock star. Yeah. Dude. So like on Saturdays, like you're you're trying to decompress from the weekend, right? And you're like, I just want to sit down and chill, and like watch football, maybe drink some beers, you know. But the boys have football games, or they hate. You're like, Dad, let's go play outside, or you know, it's all those things. And like you, when you reflect on it, you like you feel like a piece of shit because you're like, I'd rather you know watch Navy or Michigan play football. And like they're out, you know, playing outside. I don't want to watch you have Michigan that. play football. You do or don't? I don't. Like, no, that's all. I mean, Nate, just football in general, right? I said like that. That's fine. And then you know, during the off season, well, yeah, of course, the Longhorns. Thought you guys were gonna do better, but you get still pretty decent <laughs> so far. We're playing good football. When Quinn got some right good then. coaches, leadership matters, dude. It does for sure, right? But, but yeah, man, that's that's. It's hard, dude. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I have a balance down right now. But, like, I, I try to care, you know, ask the kids how they're doing in school. And, like, they want to, like, go practice or play board games or whatever. And usually we dedicate Friday. Like, Friday evenings is, like, nothing. Like, we just do board games. Or Good. the boys are getting into video games now. So, like, we'll play Halo or something. Or, you know, try to keep the, the work-life balance piece. And then, you know, about AJ, the nickname, too. I mean, he, he's such a good kid. 
and I love him to death, right? He just, he has the size, he has the skill, working on the speed, he's a big boy, so we're trying to get that up, but it's, it's like that, that killer mentality, you know, like you got, you had it, everybody I think who plays at that level can turn that switch, he just hasn't found it yet, right? Like he, he'll tackle just hard enough, or he'll hit just hard enough, but he'll like pancake a dude and then help him up, which is fine. You know, I just, he hasn't developed like that killer instinct that I think you need um, to progress at this point. So, um, and that's kind of, that's another piece too, is like expectation management. I'm not good at that very well in any aspect, like in the Marine Corps and my home life, you know, I, I'm trying to teach him the things that we learn in college and I'm like, I'm putting his, I expect too much of him, right? And that's a shame on me. How how old is he? He's 11. He just turned 11 in October. Um, Okay. So that yeah, so he's up. been playing tackle football for four so years. How now, old is he? Three years. How old? Eleven. All right. How old is he? Eleven. That's the third time you said it. Good. Oh, oh my bad. So you said how dude. old was he? No, yeah. no, I did. Yeah. Oh, you're saying yeah. Old, I know. <laughs> he's not gonna know. I know, and that's that's what I'm talking about, man. It's like I try to keep. I'm, I'm trying to treat him like he's a high school or, or you know athlete. I'm like, hey. You did great, but, and that's, Jen always gets on me about that, and she's right, you know. She's like, you can't ever just say he did a good job. You always have to say, you did a good job, but. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't that, just accept That's our it. curse. You know, maybe that's. I think that's how, it, because that was how I was raised. That's how we were, you know. Even Same, at Navy, dude. you know, you, you think you have the best football game ever, and you grade out in the fucking negatives. <clears throat> because of the little things, and I'm trying to, like, instill that within him without going too far to where you know, he doesn't want to play anymore because he's too worried about dad telling him all the things he did wrong versus telling him, you know, you did good. So that's something like, I'm, I'm working on, right? And, you know, my feedback leave Jenna over there is, you know, she keeps me pretty honest. She's like, don't say anything. Just say you did a good job. I'm like, fair enough. So I'll tell him that. Awesome. And then like 10 minutes later, I'll come back around to it. Like, hey, did you see this? Like, did you see your, your positioning? You know, so I'm just, I got to get better at that, man. You know, and just let him do don't his we- thing. Let him be a kid. Let him learn. Don't we both? And I'm, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not good at that, man. And I don't know, you can call it passion or, you know, maybe I'm too t- too tough on them, probably, you know? So I'm trying to back off, but I can, it's like, you know how you can see potential and you're like, fuck, if I could just get you there, True. man, like, you, you, he'll be on I'm not, anyway. I'm not here to damper your, your, you know, passion to push because I think the passion to push is very good. Um, mm-hmm. especially in this, you know, passion to push with current Marines mm-hmm. and labor and where, where people think that they're, they're just, in... it's just different now, man. You know, true. like I said, true. I... it's, it's, it's confusing. It's hard to, to grapple, but yeah, keep pushing. And that's the thing. With, like maybe I with the mindset, down. keep keep pushing with the mindset to push, but yeah. the patience to pump the brakes when it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, man. And no, I agree. A, a special I, balance. I don't do I don't do a good job at that one for sure. Uh, at least I haven't for a while. I'm trying, but. Uh. Um. Do you have a favorite coach story? <sighs> I think not, not a favorite coach, from... but like a memory of yeah, a coach yeah, yeah, yeah. saying something. Oh man, 
I think the Johnson ones, those got hammered out already, right? The, at least the illicit ones that we we remember. Um, I don't know, man. There's so many good ones, like the Spencer one. I heard some of those ones. You know, it was always just Coach Ingram, man. And, and that's just me. He always be like, oh, Lark. But, like, it was a 100 times practice, man. He would just be like, I, I just, I can still remember him. I'll, like, constantly get on my ass about that. But as far as a funny story, I mean, the Ricky Bobby one will go down in, in fucking history for me. But, when we, you know, we're, we're running, he's running the death out of us. We're doing Indian runs and, you know, worms and bear crawls. And he's like, did you throw off that yell at him. He yelled at somebody. And he was like, what's this fucking saying? You ain't first, you're last? Motherfucker, you're last. And we're just like, <laughs> running dying, dude. Just hating life. But, I mean, that's probably about it, man. Like, you know, uh, Coach Pearson would always be like, you got to come like a bitch unmolested. We we're like, woof, all right. I like that one. <laughs> right? In our, in our 21-year-old brains, we're like, damn, that means way different, Coach. Like, you may have to change your uh, vernacular. To something in the current times but that was probably you know just the simple ones and the ones that everybody else already knows you know those are kind of the the big ones and uh yeah i don't know man it's uh, a lot of good coaching i have a lot of good memories from the coaches too but nothing as far as like sayings and shit like that too uh, it's cool gotcha. i still talk to jasper so you know he was down in my stopping grounds asking if i like know the coaches and shit too and you know it's just it's kind of like you can be like a people like people now. It's not like like coach player. You can be like, hey, Ivan, like, what's up? How's everything going? You know, especially depending on how our football season goes, which you know, that's a whole other podcast probably to talk about all that jazz. But um, <laughs> we're not but, here man, to talk about that. We're here to talk about life lessons. Oh man, I feel like yeah, you know, life lessons. If you can learn them without fucking it up first, that makes it a lot easier. And I know that seems like common sense, at least in my life, and especially through the academy time, I, I had to learn the hard lessons, right? Like me personally, when I'm staying in restriction every summer or getting in trouble for something, right? Uh, so it's kind of like, I guess, a lesson learned from my dad too, right? Like, no, I know what he fucked up, and I was like, just don't do those mistakes, and like, you'll be okay at this yep. point. For sure. What, uh, if you could go back and tell your younger self something like, Hey, I'm, Hey, Andy, you know, 10 years ago, do this thing differently. What would you tell yourself? Ooh, that's a good one, man. So yeah. 10 years ago? I mean, I think the first one was like, Hey, if we could get rid of that fifth amendment story, that'd be pretty gangster too, but <laughs> we'll keep that one on the books. Cause that was a good life lesson. Know your know your law, right? No, no, the uh, articles. It's good, man. Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, I've I've had like a lot of mistakes in my life for sure. Um, it'd probably be, you know take don't take everybody in your immediate life for granted. I think would be my biggest one because I, I mean you you were there for my initial issues, you know, me and Jenna having, having some marital problems, you know, and it's like, you, if you take it for granted, you know, one, it's going to pass you by so fast and you're always going to be playing the, oh, I should over the what if games. Um, I think just for me, you know, writ large, I wouldn't say there's an instant where I would say, Hey, do this differently. It's more like, Hey, you know, just realize what you have and don't take it for granted. Cause when it's not there, you know, 
that shit will guilt trip you for the rest of your life. You know, um, I think that'd probably be it, man. I know it's kind of like overarching and I'm not trying to be philosophical, but for me, no. you know, I, I still have those struggles even now, right. Where I'm, you know, I get home and, you know, life's problems hit you in the face and, you know, the kids are doing this and Jen is mad about something and I just blow it off. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't because I'm just mentally checked out. And then, you know, when and kind of like the same thing with playing with the kids and stuff, like the things you don't, you shouldn't take for granted, I think is a big one. And I'm trying to get better at it. You know, I think I'm way better than I was then, you know, which happens growing up and maturing, um, which I severely lacked while we were at school for sure. But, um, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a good question. Though. I'm, I'm going to write that shit down and I'm gonna think about it later. All right. Next question. What's your biggest opportunity today? Like what's your biggest struggle? What, what are you working through? Um, like mm. what's Andy's biggest pain point today? Right now, I would say one, I'm getting older. So try not to get fat, right? Like that, my biggest struggle is like, I've always been a bigger dude, even the Marine Corps. And, you know, Jeff kind of somehow figured it out. Like he, you know, lost like a hundred pounds. Um, now that I'm That's older, good. it's like keeping the weight off keeping within standards is becoming harder and that shit bothers me because you know like every other aspect of my career so far is going good and i have no issues you know like done great where i've been you know nothing but it's really like trying to keep my my weight under control for the marine corps you know and a lot of people are like oh you know how fast can you run three miles like that's the deciding factor i'm like i don't know i can run three miles but it sure is only gonna be 18 minutes you know but if you want me to go pick up some heavy shit and throw it like i can do that too right what's more relevant yeah um that and, and like, so that's, that's the one for the Marine Corps side, I would say just, you know, um, keep the weight under control, everything else. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on. And then, you know, for the family side is just trying to keep the patience, like you said, right. And, you know, be better at expectation management, right? Like I can't, I can't have everything that I want right now. And I feel like I do a better job and this might sound shitty. I do a better job at work of being, uh, more acceptable of things, whether it's like mistakes or patience or whatever than I am in my own house. Like I don't have patience when the kids are fighting about dumb shit. Like I blow up sometimes, you know, I don't, and that's again, it's the work life balance. I was like, I don't know why I could do that at work when, you know, it seems like it'd be more stressful, more chaos, a lot more things you have to manage. And when I get home, I'm not as good at it. That's something I have. I still haven't figured out like why that's a thing. Um, yeah. That's yeah. It's just, you know, probably, normal is it like i don't know i've never asked anybody i think so i mean well like i I feel the same way so i'm I'm trying to tell you like that's how i feel too so okay that's good to know that it's not just me right because i'm like fuck stay up at night thinking about i'm like man i cannot get that out of my head i don't know why but so that's it man that's all my 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 problems right now you know cool if you had a best mentor or coach over the past year, who would that be? That's good. I mean, I would say like my CEO has definitely been more of my mentor recently. Um, just since, you know, we've been here for a year and a half together now. He's, I look up to him, right? And I've had questions, whether it's leadership or, you know, pick the topic. Like he get, he's still a dad. He's still a husband. He gets all the questions. And, you know, that's kind of like the whole Friday's piece, you know, when we sit down and talk and we're not in uniform, talk through some of the, the mentorship piece. And then 
I rely on my brother a lot, man. Like Robbie, like he, you know, he's he's been in the Marine Corps longer. He's got a phenomenal career. I mean, that dude, he's got early he's first sergeant. Yeah, he's the first sergeant. Yeah, so I mean, I usually lean on him a lot. Where I'm like, hey, man, and then, you know, you because you can get mentorship from somebody below you too. It doesn't have to necessarily be somebody who outranks you. So, Always. Yeah, so I mean, like I, I lean on him a lot. Where I'm just like, hey, man, I'm dealing with all these fucking problems, and whether it's personal or you know professional issues, he's usually my first touch point. So, and then after I don't get the answer that I want, I call my dad and no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, so yeah, I, I lean on him quite a bit, man. Um, and it's hard now cause you know, our, his schedule super busy, my schedule super busy. So we don't have the, as much touch points, but if I ever texted, I was like, Hey, this is an emergency. You need to call me. He would drop whatever he's doing, um, to make that a thing. So that's what I got, man. Cool. <clears throat> Last question. Yeah, man. What did you learn today? I learned that I missed talking to you. That's for damn sure. Um, what I learned today? You know, I would say, and maybe the other guys who've done these, like you, there's a lot of things that you don't think about for a long period of time, right? Whether it's, you know, how you do self-reflection or just talking about all of the things, right? Like that's something I don't ever do. And I'm not saying like I'm a closed book, but I don't talk about feelings. I don't talk about, at the shit we talked about, like, I don't talk to anybody about that stuff, right? I just keep it in and just the grind piece, right? So I think for me, just learning, like, it's okay to talk about either, you know, things that affected you positively or negatively and just be able to talk about what I call, like, the squishy stuff, right? The things that, depending on your, your definition of, like, what a man is and what, what you can talk about, that's kind of what, it, that's what I learned from it, man, you know? And I learned that the brotherhood is a real thing, right? So like if I needed help or wanted to talk, like I know if I called any one of you guys that you would pick up the phone and, you know, just check on each other. And I think that's, that's kind of really important. And I, like I said, I haven't gotten through all the podcasts. I think I got like three left to go. Um, but yeah, man, but no, it's the, knowing the relationship is still there regardless. Right. So time between talks and everything else, like we can pick it up like that, right? Like it's, it's not a big deal. You miss them for a year, miss them for 10 years. You can still pick up the phone and have a legit conversation or, you know, show up to somebody's house and say, Hey, what's up? Or meet him randomly. You know, um, I think Mike was saying like he met Arnie or something like that. Right. And just randomly like went over to his house and like, it's, it's the, make sure like that connection's still alive, which is awesome. You know, and we've learned it and experienced it together through all the, the bullshit, <laughs> And trying times, you know, from school and then Marine Corps and everything else. Yeah, there was a lot of that uh, trying time, for sure. Well, dude, um, you need to quit dipping. I need to quit dipping? Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things I need to do, man. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I need advice and like, you know, sometimes if I didn't, if I don't have dip, like I don't even know. Pretty sure I, my body would shut down one, and I'd probably get fatter because usually I'm like, "Oh, I'm hungry. Put a dip in," you know. So, uh, yeah, no, I know. I, I do intend on dipping like once I get out of Marine Corps. Like that's a, that is a goal for sure. So when you get now? Uh, hopefully when I retire, man. So not not anytime soon by any means, you know. Um, How many more years? 20, 20, 32. So I'm at what? Twelve and a half, thirteen coming up. Ten more years. So, well, yeah, you know, like the high three, how that works, right? It's like you need to hit 20, 21, and 22 as your retirement to average. Okay, so 
when you retire on the old system, they have a new version that I, I was too old to get into. Um, you get 50% of your highest three base pays, right? So, you know, if you retire at Lieutenant Colonel at 20, exactly, you know, you got to go 18, 19, 20. So your 50% goes from, you know, we'll just say four grand down to 3,600 a month in comparison to like, if I go 20, 21, 22 at like Colonel, maybe, right? Like that exponentially increases your long-term basically retirement kickback, if you will. So that's why I said 2032, I think is the number, at least for me for now, right? Like 20 is good. You know, if I can stick it in and take up 06, hey, cool. If not, like, hey, cool, I'll get out and or retire and spend more time with my kids, even though they'll be at college at that point. At least the older one will be. So, cool. Timing-wise, right? <clears throat> Started way too early. Shouldn't talk about that one, but I'll let that go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, having a kid, getting married, and going right to TBS, it was like, woof, way too soon. But, well, you're super smart. Like you went direct into the academy. Andy Lark is a smart guy. Uh, his brother is a first sergeant in the Marine Corps. And you two are going to make a great pair in the command one day, maybe. I hope. If the institution allows you to. Um, best of luck with that. Thanks, uh, brother. And, and tell the family to say hello to me, especially Jenna, because she's awesome. She is, and I will. I'll definitely do that. So, did you want me to talk about the price of admission, or just we'll bypass this one? I don't care, man. I just wrote some random shit down real fast. It's up to you. I'm good either way. No, I missed it. Price of admission. Mm. What does it mean to you, man? Yeah. So like, I was, I had all these good ideas. Like as I'm listening to podcasts, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna write this down. I feel like it's it's been covered. Um, what I wrote down was, um, selflessness. That's a big one, right? Uh, I kind of struggled with it when I had to switch sides, but it's really, you know, regardless of the outcome, just putting your, you know, your, your heart and soul into the brotherhood and to playing. And it's really putting it in with the relationships with you guys, right? Like all the dudes in the locker room, like as much as you want to say it's the coaching or whatever, but you know, the team runs off the fucking, the players in the locker room, right? So having that selfless attitude of, taking care of each other, you know, grinding because of the person next to you is grinding it out. Um, so that was like kind of the first piece where I really saw that, you know, we all took really good care of each other and just we're, we're in it to win it for the team. Not necessarily. It's not a, it's not a me thing, right? It's an us thing. Um, and the last thing I wrote was sacrifice. And you could say, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, for me, it was more like the physical piece, right? Like we, you would do anything and everything. If you were playing, you got hurt. Be like, whatever you need to do to my body, whether it's like stick me with the freaking like tramadol or toradol, like the, the nerve deadening shots. And, you know, you sacrifice later in life. You don't notice it then. You're like, I'll do whatever. I don't care. Like, they're like, you got to put a brace on your neck and you can go play football and you won't be able to move your neck for the rest of your life. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, Matt probably has the same thing. You probably do too, right? Like, you're, you don't notice it then, but you, when you get older, you notice it. You're like, man, you sacrifice a lot physically during that timeline for, for a game and for a sport. And like, that's kind of how I narrowed it down. I was like, it's not necessarily for the sports, for the dudes next to you, right? Like, I don't want to let this dude down or, you know, I don't want Tony or Matt or Jordan or Milky, all the Osei, right? I don't want anybody down. So I'll push through pain. I will do whatever it takes to fucking get back out there and grind. And then, you know, now where I'm, I'm struggling to like keep my body healthy, just doing 
basic fitness and Marine Corps things. Um, that's that's what I would call it, man. Dude. It's probably already been said, right? Like, I think it has, but... That's no, you're, right. just, you're compounding a similar theme that is important, so... Yeah. I feel like it goes... It's kind of like hand-in-hand, hand, and you can call them, you know, mutual, if you will. Because uh, if you were selfish, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't risk all of that, whether it's, you know, playing hurt, playing injured... You know, being taped up, having both like, um, man, who was it? Artie? Who was the dude that had both the shoulder braces? He was the Irish guy. God damn, I can't remember his name to save my life. He was a year ahead of us. I don't know. I'll look it up. But That's you true. know, that dude was busted and broken constantly, and you know, he pushed through it. But if you're selfish, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't do that. You say, "Oh, I'm injured. All right, you know, I can't play, so I'm not going to." And you find reasons or excuses to to focus on you instead of the the team and the bigger picture. So. No doubt. Sounds like the kids are having Great fun. Great story. I know, right? My my uh, <laughs> my uh, wife. Outside, brother, that's what I was like, outside. His, <laughs> they they just got here. They just drove from Texas. It was a uh, you know day number two drive. They just got here, so huh. it's a good day. Um, and I'm trying to like stay focused on you, not think about <laughs> I got you. that, but. <laughs> Sorry, man. Dude, uh, awesome story. Um, remember, problem solvers win the world. They win the space. They were they they win the USMC, and, and that's what you're doing. Um, you can't teach caring. You can't teach people how to care, right? If you don't care about what you do, everything else doesn't matter. Right? That's fair. Sometimes things are so easy, we miss them. Because we're looking for something super hard and difficult. Just take care of the things that are easy. And do the, the easy things well. Right? And then that, it, that whole cockiness right. things, the, the, the whole cockiness thing just takes care of itself. I agree. So, Andy Lark, everybody, I appreciate up. your time today. And yeah, um, <laughs> not like I thought about that a whole lot. I just, you know, I wrote it down before we even, before we even talked because I knew, because I, I know you. you. And I, uh, fair, I thought we would go there. You went there, and it was awesome. So, no, I appreciate it, man. Yes, yeah, so I got nothing, nothing to hide, dude. You know, it is what it is. Your care factor is huge, and your Marines probably feel that. So, that's a good day. I hope so. I hope so. All right, bud. All right, brother. It's good talking to you, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you do the uh, same for me. Go go enjoy the chaos in your house, man. Oh, goodness. I'm not looking forward to that, but I will do it because I care. That's right. Because you care, man. That's that's what it's about. Cool. All All right, brother. See ya. See you, man.